in my humble opinion of a Taylor Swift fan, I feel like folklore really goes back to what she originally did, like what she, what came natural to her because you have Speak Now and Fearless and Red and it kind of like almost throws back to this. Like when I think of like Exile, I think of The Last Time from Red with Gary Lightbody. Like it's very like, it's very like, I feel like it's along the same veins. And then she kind of went away from it with, you know, her reputation and and lover and she was great with the pop hits and she could roll them out and I could appreciate them, but they never resonated with me the same way that her earlier stuff did and you know today folk folklore does folklore does resonate with, with me I think that like I've listened to it probably 60 times and I always listened to it in a row do you know what I mean I never just listened to songs here and there I would put on that album and let it just play out like from start to finish multiple times when you know the first few weeks and we're here the 22nd of December and the last time I listened to the whole album was today, you know what I mean? And I'm not necessarily a huge album person, but this really does it for me. And I and I and I listen to it all in one. That's how I want to experience it. So I'm just going to start us straight off with the one. This song like it's so casual in the way it says it would have been fun if if you know you could have been the one. Um, I'm, I might be paraphrase, paraphrasing there. I don't have the lyrics in front of me. But it's so casual in the way that it was like, if my wishes came true, it would have been you. Do you know what I mean? Like, we were really something, weren't we? But, you know, I'm I'm cool now. Like, imagine writing a song about that. Like, a real kind of like, God, remember us. That would have been, that would have been really something if we stayed together. We didn't, no, 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 we didn't, and, you know, we're not going to get back together, this isn't a song that is calling out to you for us to get back together, this is just an acknowledgement of what we had, God, it was awesome at the time, wasn't it, but yeah, it's over now, yeah, pity about that, but like, they're so, so, like, do you know what I mean, like, I, it, 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 it packs a punch, do you know what I mean, it, it packs a punch despite the fact that it's so kind of lax and, you know, lackadaisical about it, do you know, it's very... It, it it has a lot of impact, that kind of like, oh, you kind of feel like, like a lost love from years ago and a really kind of old, forgotten pang of pain kind of echoes. Like you're not necessarily feeling it and it's not raw anymore, but you're kind of like, it kind of, you just get a little bit of an echo of it. Like you get a little bit of a throwback to that time when you're with someone and they ended, and you're not feeling that pain anymore, but you can only, you can remember. You can remember that you did, and that has its own effect. Not a huge one, but it does have one. And it's, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's my favourite track on the album. It's a really strong opener as well. Yeah, so um, I love it. I really, really do love it. And uh, I'm just going to move straight on to song number two, We've We've Cardigan. Like for me it's it's a really beautiful song. Um this kind of like again it's a remembrance, it's like 
I knew you, you know, I knew you the different times, not times we're in now, but I remember you. And, um, like, I, I get a sense that, like, on Like Maybe the first song, there is hints of you did wrong, as in, you know, this person, maybe the song is about, like, you did wrong. Like, when you have the line, chase two girls, lose the one. Um, that's just an example. So compare that to, you know, the first song, The One... It doesn't really accuse them of anything. It's just, yeah, I appreciate what we had. And, I, and you know, like, wow. Imagine we lasted. Like, imagine we pulled that off. Like, no, we didn't. It's too good to be true. But imagine we did. Whereas this one, it's a, it's, it's, it's kind of looking back again at a relationship. But you are, she is actually hinting at, like, faults. She is hinting at, like, mistakes. Um, you know, hurtful things. Things like that, you know. So there is that little, there's that extra layer to it. And um, I love how it changes in at the end, like from I knew you, you know, stepping on the last train or another verse saying I love you playing hide and seek and giving me your weekends. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's a nice kind of like, wow, you know, I do remember these good times. But then it gets intense and she's like, but I knew you'd linger like a tattoo kiss. I knew you'd haunt all of my what ifs, you know, and it just it really delivers the amount of impact this person had on her and she's you know conveying that in a song she's you know she's saying I knew I'd curse you for the longest time she's feeling the impact she's re-entering that state of mind where and it's interesting to ha to, to like give that perspective do you know what I mean like in like she was the the previous verses where she's saying she knew something about him it was just I, you know, I knew you, we did this. I knew you, you did this. But then it changes, it's like, I knew you'd you'd linger. I knew you'd haunt me. It's almost like she's implying that, like, when she first met him or when they first began to, you know, began a relationship together, that she knew it would fail. That That seems to be implied. She knew it would fail. She knew she'd get hurt. And that's a kind of, mm, it's a little bit dark. It's a little bit, hmm, it's a little bit miserable. It's a little bit dark that whatever they had, whatever she remembers, she, all the while she knew that it wouldn't end and that it would hurt. And then, um, obviously, at the very end, I knew you'd come back to me. And um, you made me feel like I was your favourite again. So obviously I didn't mention yet the whole old cardigan symbolism, which is obviously amazing, you know, feeling just like so many ways you could say how you're feeling, but you're going to say you felt like an old cardigan that nobody really wanted and someone else decided like, wow, you're my favourite. Like, it's not human. It's... It's it's an inanimate object, it's a cardigan, yet we know exactly how she felt. Like, she's delivering that description so so well. Like, I know exactly how that person made you felt. Like, somehow you were able to depict how he made you feel with talking about a cardigan, which is obviously awesome. Moving on to the song, The Last Great American Dynasty. So this prompts me to just mention how much I appreciate... 
Taylor's ability to speak, kind of write and sing and deliver songs completely not from her perspective. Like being able to tell the stories of other people um, to make it seem real and to really like, you know, show that. Like I have looked into the true story behind the last great American dynasty, but like even before that, after a few listens, I really, you know, got the got the gist of it. Like, I, I, I understood that, like, okay, so she's bought the house. She's bought a house and she's telling the history of the past owners. And it's this rich guy, some heir to an oil company, marries a divorcee. She's wild. She, you know, she's a free spirit. She's the subject of a lot of criticism in the media and Taylor felt something and that like made her want to make a whole song about it and I think that's pretty amazing. And I mean like not to mention it's a little bit of a feminist anthem like Taylor's great for the feminist anthems but I would consider this one you know what I mean like she's she's not preaching anything but she's Echoing the sentiments of people from the past, you know, saying things like, who knows if she never showed up, what could have been? There goes the maddest woman this town has ever seen. She had a marvellous time ruining everything. And I think that last line is quite powerful. Like, she had a marvellous time ruining everything. Like, because you can imagine someone saying that with disdain and, like, intending it badly, like having, you know cruel intentions behind it, sexist intentions, you know, saying it in a negative way. But you can also see it as, like, empowering, like, she had a marvellous time ruining everything. Ruining everything, those two words, referring to everybody thinking things were ruined and everything, think, everybody thinking that she made shit of everything and then being like, yeah, well, she had a good fucking time doing it. She had a marvellous time. I think it's kind of empowering, slightly. Like, it's a little bit like, oh, you think I fucked things up here? Whatever, I had a good fucking time. I think, I, I, I quite like that, and obviously that echoes a lot throughout the whole song. And then obviously ending it with, you know, her saying, until it was bought by me. Who knows if I never showed up what could have been. And it's just, it's like flipping the script in such a way by saying, what happened then happens now. Maybe not in the exact same way, but, you know, what happens then happens now. The, you know, double standards, the sexism, you know, the inequality that was, you know, directed at this woman, acting as if, you know, she didn't deserve it or she took advantage of the situation or, God... I wish she'd never showed up. How did she pull that off? And, you know, that serious, serious double standard which exists today. And a song that's basically just telling the story about a couple. For Taylor to be able to deliver this message of, yeah, well, it still happens and it happens to me. You know, 50 years is a long time. Holiday House sat quietly on that beach, free of women with madness. Now, obviously, Taylor doesn't think she's mad, but she, it's its kind of like, she knows everybody else thought she was mad. Like, like, she knows what you thought of her. Like, we know what you thought of her. You thought she was crazy. Well, if she's crazy, so am I. 
So then, you know, until it was free of them until I bought it. And it's kind of like she's not fighting the labels that were put on this woman and in a way put on her. She's not fighting them anymore. She's accepting them and she's saying, fuck yeah. You think I'm crazy? Yeah, I am. Here I am. You think I ruined everything? Yeah, I did. And I'm having a good fucking time doing it. I had a marvellous time. That's the last line. So I really appreciate the song. It's not my favourite. The first few listens I did find myself thinking I want to skip this because I I'm I want to get onto the 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 I want to get onto the later songs. I did find myself doing that, but I think that like maybe that was because I didn't fully. You do need a few listens of this album to kind of be in a position where you can be even close to understanding what she meant because she did such a good job at like making it personal to her experiences or personal to particular people's experiences that you know someone who doesn't know her or any of these people listening to the music it's a little bit of um you it is a little bit of a maze like you are deciphering it a little bit the first time you listen to this album you will not understand a lot of the metaphors what she means where she's coming from all that kind of stuff so like if you do find that you know you listen to it once and you were like, didn't really know what she meant by that, didn't really, you just keep listening. Give it another chance. So I'm going to go on to the next song, Exile. I love this. I think Bon Iver was an amazing um, feature on this. Like I said, it kind of gives me the last time featuring Gary Lightbody vibes from her Red album. This is why it re like this is kind of like reinforced my feeling of this being like a throwback to the old Taylor by having a song like this on it. Um, I don't think it's I th I think it's one of the easier ones to understand, but like the the like symbolism and the metaphors are still quite hard hitting. The idea that this is a f like their relationship is a movie that she's watching, like she's in a theater. Not necessarily like I think I've seen this film before. But she's referring to the relationship. That to me is really good lyricism, really good symbolism, you know. And then the I didn't like the ending, so I'm leaving out the side door. So you can imagine her almost sitting in a theater, watching the events of a relationship on the screen, her relationship, and feeling I've seen this one before. I didn't like how it ended that time, so I'm bowing out now. So you're thinking she's with this person. It's echoing a past relationship or past relationships. And on the in the previous relationships, she, she stuck around, she hung around. It did not end well. It, it just got worse. So now she's here. She's with this person. It's starting to feel the same. And she's, she's done. She's leaving now. And that's the symbolism and the kind of like imagery that's given in the chorus. I... I love it. I think it's amazing. It's very, it's very, it, it just packs a punch. It's very hard hitting. But there's actually more given in the verses. And it's, you, it, there's almost like an introduction of a, of a, of like a triangle. Like there's three people. Because it's, you have Bon Iver coming in saying, I can see you standing, honey, with his arms around your body. So this is another person. And um, he's saying it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it. So it's this idea that she left this person, maybe, or he was left by a person. 
and I do feel like they're acting as counterparts in a relationship because they do seem like they're replying to each other. That's just my opinion. Because she goes on to say, I can see you staring. Like, he, like he's just your understudy. Um, that, again, reinforces this idea that she bowed out of the relationship. She found someone else. She's passing the time with him. She's with him now. And this other person, this who makes, you know, the three in the triangle, is looking on, looking at them like it's just their replacement. And um, then she says, you know, second, third, hundredth chances balancing on breaking branches. So, you know, that again alludes to hmm, cracks in the relationship, things that didn't work. And um, I think my favourite kind of metaphor is literally, the, it, it's in the title, it's exile. It's as if this person was your town and you're exiled without them. Because obviously when you're exiled, you're told to leave. Like if you were like in a kingdom or something, I don't know, and the king or queen was like, you're exiled. Like instead of killing you, they said you're exiled. Like we all know that to mean you're banished, you have to leave. And like likening that to a relationship is 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 just genius to me. Like, you were my town. You were my city. You were my kingdom. And without you, I'm in exile. I've been banished from my town by not being with you. Very, very powerful, I feel. Uh, one of my absolute favourites on the song. I know I said that a lot, but a lot of my favourites are in the first half of the album. So that's something to note. Moving on to My Tears Ricochet. Again, another favourite of mine. I have screamed this in the shower. I fucking love this song. Likening a funeral to a breakup. A funeral. And like, you're not only likening it to, likening it, likening it to a funeral, but you're depicting... She has like, has like conveyed to us her ex, this guy, right? We just call it a guy, okay? You know, we'll assume it's a guy. She is showing us, you know, his, his like, aftermath of the relationship. I'm gathering that he broke up with her and through, like, imagery around the funeral that she describes in the lyrics, it's she's almost telling us that he regrets it. That in breaking up with her, he broke himself because you have like you you had to kill me but it killed you just the same like that's a lyric and like obviously the recurring um lyrics of if I'm dead to you why are you at the wake cursing my name wishing I stayed so her being dead is obviously the symbolism of being broken up with that's what she's done in this song I love it firstly is what I'm just gonna say I fucking love it but anyway her being dead is is the breakup. He, in breaking up with her, she's dead, okay? It's a funeral. She's saying, why are you at the wake? Cursing my name, wishing I stayed. So, so you're almost thinking like this person that broke up with her is very lost, um, at war with himself. Kind of thinking, you broke up with her, but you're, you know, here, you're feeling 
a whole plethora of emotions. You're angry, you're, you know, cursing my name. But you wished you were still with them. Cursing my name, wishing I stayed. It's just so interesting. And then obviously, the word that, you know, has the title in it. Look at how my tears ricochet. I love this. I love this because it's this thought that the pain that we feel isn't powerless. The pain that people inflict onto us. We needn't seek revenge because the fact that they hurt us is going to hurt them. And that is very, very powerful to me. Like the fact that someone could hurt me, make me cry, make me sad, like really, really upset me and like make me feel like they don't care. And then this idea that like they're going to show up to the wake. They'll curse my name. They'll wish I stayed. That's my tears ricocheting. Like because obviously ricochet is if you were to like shoot a gun and the bullet was to bounce off something and and like go in another direction you know, de um, going in, go in another direction and it, if, you know, it, it can still cause harm and that's a ricochet. So I also love the idea that like, I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace. You can imagine that she caused maybe a scene when they were broken up, like maybe it wasn't a clean break and she might feel like that's mostly on her part. But she's saying like, I didn't have it in me because when I'd fight, you used to tell me I was brave. So she was used to this idea of like this person I'm with seeing strength in in the fire within, you know, like looking at like the way I bite back, the way I, you know, react and thinking that's brave and like maybe getting used to that and, you know, almost conforming to that so when that person breaks up with you this whole idea like no I, I didn't go with grace but when I when I when I'd always fight you used to think of me as brave but yeah um I don't think there's really more that I can say about this song I, I don't think so like there was one line that really kind of resonated with me and I don't know why because I haven't fully figured it out and it's I can go anywhere I want, anywhere I want, just not home. And then obviously it goes on to, and you can aim for my heart, go for blood, but you will still miss me in your bones. So with the second half, I kind of understand. It's like, you can come for me. You can hate me. You can show that you hate me. You can prove to everyone, including yourself, that you hate me. But in your bones, in the very fiber of your being, you will miss me. And it just, I don't know, like, isn't that relationships? Isn't that relationships? No matter what happens, no matter what people do. No matter what, no matter what pain someone causes you, pain is not an eraser. Pain does not erase love. It is still there. It can make the pain worse, but it will not erase it. So, yeah. But um, I will just track back a little bit because I do want to get back to the just not home line. I don't fully understand it because... Does she feel like this person is her home? Did that 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 is what I'm leaning towards? She said, I can go anywhere I want, just not home. Does that mean that this person that has left her and, you know, is the topic or like, you know, the character in this song, is that her home? I don't quite feel that. 
I feel like that's another line that might be might not might not just be for public, you know, knowledge. Like, cause at the same at the, at the end of the day, like I don't feel like she's trying to write hits here. I think she's trying to put her feelings in a song. That could mean anything to her. But the reason it resonates with me is because regardless of what it means something to her, I hear it and it means something to me. And I think that's what makes a lot of, that's what makes a really, really good song when they've really taken from their personal experiences. So maybe the person listening doesn't really know what they mean by a word or a line or a metaphor, but they find themselves giving it their own meaning, their personal meaning to their personal lives. Like, okay, I don't know what Taylor means by this, but this makes me feel something personally. And I love that. And that's what this song does for me. And the next song is Mirrorball. So with this song, to be honest, sonically, and as a song, it isn't as catchy for me it isn't uh you know it's not really something I put in my headphones when I'm going on like on the bus or something like that like if I want to feel something and and like kind of if oh you see just this is again I, I can really appreciate this song because it is Taylor telling us a part of her personality it is showing us that she feels as if she's a mirror ball in the way that she is so adaptive to the people around her that she almost reflects that person onto them. Like if you're with her, you're going to see, you're going to, it's going to, it's going to be as if you're with yourself. Like it's going to be made possible to be with yourself by being with her because she's so effective at mirroring, mirroring and matching a person's essence or energy. And that's a kind of metaphor I haven't really actually heard at all yet. It is, it is, it is unique to think like I'm this, this mirror ball, literally. I'll just reflect everyone onto, back onto themselves. It's, I can really, really appreciate it. And I feel like it's a song that would hit so, so hard for someone who can relate to it but then you have that discrepancy or I don't even know if that's the right word but you have that like gap where maybe someone like me um can understand it appreciate it but not really feel the same so it's not a standout song for me but yeah I know I can fully appreciate it um there are some lines that I feel don't fit in with that metaphor of being a mirror ball and it's when no one is around you'll find me on my tallest tiptoes spinning in my highest heels shining just for you so I'm not criticizing that but I am saying that it's not really got anything to do with how she adapts to people and reflects and of course it doesn't have to be because it's her song it's her song can be whatever it wants to be but I feel disconnected at this part because I don't know what she means. And that's nobody's fault. She, you, Like when no one's around, I'm on my tallest tiptoes, spinning in my highest heels, shining for you. It sounds great. But it's lost on me. And that is kind of the extent to which I can talk about this song. 
um, I've, I've, I have basically covered for me what the song is. So I am going to move on to the next song. So this one's called Seven. I love it. I love the sound. I don't care what it says. I don't care what she means. I know there's a lot of imagery. I know there's fucking so many metaphors and symbolism. I know there is. But I don't care. Because it's... Oh. My dog, my dog just farted and it stinks so bad. Really, buddy? All the way over there? Okay. I love this song. I love the way it sounds. I love her voice. I love it sonically. I love how she sings. I love the trills in her voice. I think she performs so well on this song. And I can't even begin to try to pick it apart. I think, I imagine it is about children and the kind of innocence in that kind of love. Sweet tea in the summer, cross your heart, won't tell no other. And though I can't recall your face, I still got love for you. And, you know, then you have like passed down like folk songs. The the love lasts so long. It kind of like, again, everybody can have their own inter interpretation of a song like this. For me, it's just about like two children and that kind of innocence in in a relationship. And there's more reasons why I, I kind of feel like the story that she's telling is coming from a child's perspective. You know, please picture me in the trees. So climbing trees over the creek. She's in nature. She was too scared to jump in. And then she's talking about braids, like your braids, like a pattern. Like this could be friendship. This could be another girl. I love you to the moon and Saturn. Like obviously it's a lovely way to express love and it's not exclusive to children. But you can imagine it being the way that a child might tell another child that they love them. And then this is the part that really sends it home for me to think this is just a child. And it's like, I've been meaning to tell you, I think your house is haunted. Your dad is always mad and that must be why. This seems like such a kind of innocent, childlike perspective on another friend's dad being mad. Like, oh, your dad is so mad. Your His house must be haunted. It's like, I think you should come live with me and we can be pirates and you won't have to cry or we can hide in the closet. Like, all of this just makes me feel like it's just a relationship between two children and it's really beautiful and she's done a really good job at capturing that and it's, you know, there's such an innocence about the lyrics and she's obviously done an amazing job at, like, delivering pictures to us about like summertime and like nature and um you know that relationship that innocent relationship and again you know that's it it's it's quite simple and there's a lot of songs on this that are quite simple and there isn't more that I could say about it but I do really appreciate it um it's a really really lovely song and not to mention I love just the sound of it like I could listen to that and not give a hoot about the lyrics it's just the sound of her voice, the way she sings it, like the melody, I, I love it. So then we have August, and again, I love this song. I love the way it sounds. I love the melody, just listening to it. It's such an easy listen. It goes down so easy. You don't even have to think about it. But if you do start to think about it, it does seem, again, she seems to be, you know, telling us about a, a young love, a little bit older, teenagers, but a young love, they're still in school 
and it's called August and it's I think this is about the time frame it was an it was a summer love it was it was August it was maybe by the beach I mean the first two words of the song is salt air so she, I assume it's by you know the sea and um she's looking back you know she's kind of reaching into her memories and she can see them lost in the memory like that's me paraphrasing the line of the chorus and um I think they are a little bit older because she mentions August sipped away like a bottle of wine. Like that shows to me like it, it's a young love, but obviously not that young. And they're talking about, you know, she's talking about like twisted in bed sheets. So no, it isn't. It's a young love maybe for her to be looking back, but it's not all that young at the same time. Like it's a little bit more of a mature love, a lot more, of, a lot more mature than the last song. But um, I think it's quite it's quite beautiful because they're like she's she seems to and she can just give this to us in lyrics which is amazing first of all her lyricism is amazing but what I pick up is like when she goes back into this memory and when you know she's in it again she there was a certain amount of potential that they felt and obviously is possible is lost now but like in that small frame of time in that one month there was potential, there was opportunity, there was mystery, it was like, what will happen? And it was just, you know, to live for the hope of it all, that's a line that's in it. I do, I do get a sense that, you know, this version of Taylor in the past had hope for this relationship. You know, will you call when you're back at school? So this is, she's look in this, in this point in time she's looking to the future she's with this person she's hoping and wanting for it to continue but she's looking back now and she's saying you know you weren't mine to lose you weren't mine to lose and that's you know that's repeated throughout the song you were never mine and um I don't think it's necessarily sad because firstly the melody isn't sad it's a lovely upbeat melody but it's kind of just like it's an ode to the relationship. It's like, we had it, it was short. It was, you know, there was hope. Did I want more? Yes. But you weren't even mine to lose. And um, we're living for the hope of it all, basically. And again, it's simple. But it's amazing in its simplicity. And I really appreciate that song. I really, really like it. Okay, so the next song I'm going to talk about is obviously the next one in the album. It's This Is Me Trying. And this kind of slows it down a lot. It isn't as light. It is a little bit more heavy. And I've kind of gone back and forth myself in think in kind of trying to understand what she means. Like... Not necessarily what she means, but who is it directed at? Because, you know, obviously Taylor, she's known for her, you know, post-relationship songs. But when I first started listening to this, I didn't feel like it was about a person. I could see it being about her fan base, you know, the public. Firstly, I love this song. It's very raw. It's like a confession. It's like an admittance her just saying straight out no symbolism like no metaphors like which she has been doing all along up until this point it's just like this is me trying 
and I'll tell you like I think a lot of people might think oh it's a better relationship but I actually don't think it is and obviously it's up for anyone's interpretation but in my opinion I like to think of it as being about you know her work and like being a, a you know a pop star or like a, a country pop star or you know whatever her genre is I'm not quite sure and kind of towards her fans or her, the audience because uh, you know I'll quote the lines that really bring that particular idea home for me and it's you know pouring my heart out to a stranger I feel like I could see this as pouring my heart out to strangers putting songs out there that come straight from my heart for absolutely anyone to listen to and you know there's a line at the start actually and it says I didn't know if you'd care if I came back we all know she went on a little bit of a hiatus like a little bit of a break and you can imagine her thinking you know, obviously it was very top, tough, like Reputation came out and it was, Reputation was very much a fuck you kind of, you know, if you want me to be this bitch, maybe I am and I don't care what you think, roughly, like that's not exactly what it was. You can kind of imagine her like on that hiatus, on those, on the years that she wasn't, you know, in the public eye, her thinking, I don't even care if people would care, if, I don't even know, no, I don't even know if people would care if I came back. And this is her saying, I just wanted you to know this is me trying. She just, she, she understands that there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of rumours. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of people who don't like her. But for the people that are still here, are still supporting her, I know I was gone. I know I disappeared. I know things got a little bit ugly. But I just want you to know that this is me trying. And that's my interpretation of it. And like, there are some lines that give it more of a relationship vibe. Like, no, no, this is about a person. But I, it's it's up to everybody, and it's you know what you, what resonates with you most. And and I, and this is the way I imagine her writing it, and this is the way I imagine her feeling about this song. So that means something to me in its own way. Okay, so the next song I'm going to talk about, obviously, of course, is illicit affairs and for some reason I would nearly like if you had to categorize the songs on this relationship I would put this with you know American Dynasty I feel like these run along the same vein I don't feel like it's from her perspective again with American Dynasty delivering the story of you know the history of her house past owners the past owners of her house and then illicit affairs the perspective of someone who is participating in, a, in an affair but isn't necessarily, you know, the person married. And that could very well be her and she could be opening that part of her up to us that, you know, there was a time when she was with a married man and that, you know, I'm not closing that possibility off but I do kind of just group this with American Dynasty. I feel like it falls into that, like, category of this isn't, for me, this for me personally, it falls into this category of this isn't something for you to relate to, but it's intriguing. It's a unique perspective and it's an interesting way to look at this situation and it's a new way to look at this situation and it's a really good way of describing it in a song. But no, again, this doesn't, with the same as Mirrorball, an American Dynasty, the last great American Dynasty, this doesn't make me feel any sort of, I don't relate to it, because I'm, look, maybe I would if I had had a 
Fred participated in an affair, but I haven't. So I can, again, I'm in this position where I appreciate the song, but it doesn't resonate with me. But I will get into it. So again, I do feel like, and this isn't something that's very obvious, but I do feel like it's the perspective of somebody who is a particip participating in the affair and not actually married because, um, and I'll say the line that makes me feel that. Okay, so you have this part of the song where she says, and you want to scream, don't call me kid, don't call me baby, look at this godforsaken mess that you made me, you showed me colours, you know I can't see with anyone else. This kind of decides it for me, don't call me kid, don't call me baby, you can kind of imagine like an older man with a younger girl telling her sweet lies and sweet nothings and you know, telling her what she wants to hear, you know, making her feel amazing, but the different kind of amazing of like a, of like a, of like a kind of innocent or, you know, innocent kind of love that doesn't hurt anyone. I'll also mention the lines where she says, you taught me a secret language I can't speak with anyone else. She kind of and, and then actually, you know, I'll keep going. And you know damn well, for you, I would ruin myself. So I get this kind of vibe that she really, really feels. And I don't know if it's Taylor, but I, and I am going to use she, not because I'm assuming anything, but I'm just going to, because Taylor's the singer and she's female, so I'm just going to say she. You get this idea that she loves this person very deeply but has a lot of resentment and anger towards them for putting them in this mess. Like, look at this idiotic fool that you made me. That's another line. It's like a lot of just kind of disdain towards the situation that you put upon her. Like, yes, it was magical. Yes, it was exciting. And, you know, <sighs> exhilarating. But it's messy and it's a lie. And and you make me feel a way I can't, you know, replicate. Unless, of course, maybe she was having another affair, but that's not healthy. And it's, she's almost angry that, like, I, that she, that she, it's a recognition that she loves the way it feels. And she loves the way he makes her feel. But it's forbidden and it doesn't make her feel good about herself at all. And that makes her angry. If she were to go find something else that it might not stand up to it. And um, that's a really, really interesting way. Like, do, I don't know, I don't know any other, I don't know any other songs about affairs. So blatantly, straight out about an affair. Like, it's the topic of it. And not only is it about an affair, but it's about how it's amazing, but it's terrible. And it's crushing. And, um just just I'm just very very impressed with the way she was able to depict and just you know deliver this feeling that she has about it and um you can you know exactly how this person feels you can really feel the kind of just disgust maybe that there is underlying the excitement and the you know passion and um, I feel like that's kind of a reality as well. Like you, I feel like that's a bit of reality as well. Invisible string. 
Okay, I am excited to talk about this song. I am, I really am. I love this song. I love it so much. The plucky guitar sounds and the, it's just, oh, it's just so pretty. It's just such a pretty song. It really is. And it's funny that I say, isn't it so pretty? Because there's a line that says, isn't it so, just so pretty to think? And obviously there's more too, but I won't, I'll get into that, you know, in, a, in just a little bit. So I love this song and I'm just going to firstly dive into what I believe it to be about. I don't think it was that hard to decipher because it is very, it is quite, it is explained basically, it is explained. But she is with some, like this is just the person who sings the song. I'm assuming it's Taylor, but she might be again doing a little bit of a storytelling thing on behalf of someone else, regardless. Just to speak about the character in the song, you can feel that they are with someone right now. They're in love. And they're obviously with this person long enough to be talking about their pasts and telling each other about, you know, their journey up until this point, maybe in their career or in their social life or, or whatever it is, in their self-exploration and discovery and all that kind of stuff. And it's making her, she's, she's finding links. She's finding things that she thinks like, hmm, it's kind of almost like this person was making their way to me. You know, you have the, the line where it's like, she's talking about the person she's with and she's like, bad was the blood, you know, um, bad was the blood of the song in the cab on your first trip to LA. So you're imagining the person she's with when they first came to LA, her song was on the radio. Then he ate at her favourite spot for dinner. Do you know, so it's her thinking, like maybe he mentioned these things in passing and it's her thinking, geez, it's almost like this person was being led to me. And she's finding the little signs and she says it's so curious. You know, time, curious time. Give me no compasses, give me no signs. Um, were there clues I didn't see? And isn't it just so pretty to think all along there was some invisible string tying you to me? And you know what? The answer is yes. That's a gorgeous, gorgeous thought. That is just such a pretty idea that there's this golden thread that leads your soulmate to you. And there'll be little funny little hints, you know, like in the case of Taylor, where he first comes to where she lives and her song is on the radio, something like that. I think it's so, so beautiful. And the way the song sounds, like even just the instruments and the melody, it, it's, I, I would describe it as pretty as well. So, and she's done such a good job at mirroring the melody to the message in all her songs. And I think it's, you're just delivered the experience, the whole, the full rounded experience. And I love this and I love this song so much and I am going to and there yeah I'll also um, mention the fact that I think it was quite clever to there's a little bit of like a full circle type thing from the beginning of this song to the end of the song so at the very beginning of the song the very very first lines it's like green was the colour of the grass where I used to read at Centennial Park I used to think I would meet somebody there then you go to the basically at the end of the song Gold was the colour of the leaves. When I showed you around Centennial Park, I hope I'm saying that right. Anyway, hell was the journey, but it, brought, but it brought me heaven. So you're thinking about this park. She used to read there. She used to think she'd meet someone there. Did she meet someone there? No. But she goes through 
life. She finds this person. She feels as if it was meant to be. She takes him to the park and she's thinking, you know what? The journey here was hard, but I got here. And it's worth it. And I and I, I, I really, really, really love the idea that time kind of she gave intention to time like time she almost personified time she's saying it's curious it gave her no compasses and gave her no signs um so it's you know and, and there's another part where she says time mystical time cutting me open then healing me fine so this idea that like it's not people that hurt us and it's not relationships and like events it's time this point in time I was hurt and this amount of time helped me get over it. So it's like the responsibility has been put onto time. And I just love that idea. I love that like concept. You know, the time cut me open and then it healed me again. And um, just to put the kind of like intent, intention and, and, and I, this idea that time is doing it. Like I, I love that idea. I love it. And it's and at the end it ends with time wondrous time give me the blues and then purple pink skies and it's cool baby with me and it's like yes time time did it all time hurt me time healed me it gave me the blues and then it gave me the purple pink skies and it's cool with her because the end result has made absolutely everything worth it and that is just so beautiful to me it's so fucking beautiful to me and I do think if I was to give my top two songs right now it's The One and an Invisible String I am in love with this song I'm gonna move so I'm gonna move on to the next song it's called Mad Woman now again okay so I like when I I can't put this sonically and in terms of like enjoyment of the listen and like how easy it was to listen to and like the way it sounds and the melody and all that kind of stuff um I can't put it you know at the same level of like invisible string in the one and cardigan and things like that because it actually you know it, for me it wasn't as enjoyable of a listen but that didn't even matter it didn't really matter to me that it wasn't enjoyable of a listen because the message is just freaking amazing you know it's almost like I kind of feel like who cares that it's not as enjoyable of a listen. It doesn't owe us an enjoyable listen. And that, you'll understand, kind of, I don't know, I think that that kind of like makes sense that I feel this way about this particular song because again, I feel like, again, Taylor has rolled out another feminist anthem. You know, fuck your melody, fuck whether you think it's nice to listen to. I have a message here. And um, I think she's such. I think she does such a good job at these, as I've called them, feminist anthems, because she's not necessarily rolling out what she thinks should be happening. You know what's wrong with what is happening. It's not necessarily any of that. It's more so she's giving us situations. She's giving us scenarios. She's telling stories that are that like objectively like. You know, not maybe not objectively. She's giving us scenarios and stories, and you know, I she's kind of delivering them in a way that's thought provoking, and I feel like it would be hard for someone to like listen to it and actually try to listen and not feel like, hmm, yeah, fuck. 
there are double standards out there for sure there are double standards do you know I feel like that's such an efficient way of like delivering a message such as this so I'm just going to dive into it so it starts out with what did you think I'd say to that and then the rest of the song continues on with this idea of like what did you think I'd do when you said that what did you think would happen when you did that when you treated me this way like like it's it's this idea that they're in a relationship or maybe it's a friendship or whatever it is it's some sort of interaction and this person is in the wrong they're doing things that are making somebody mad but it's almost like the fact that it's a woman that they're making mad that they get to that they are absolved of blame because it's just a mad woman like suddenly because it's a woman because the stereotype that women are crazy women are nuts women are mad women are angry women are you know women start fights women get mad over nothing you know it's a modern stereotype that exists in modern relationships and she's kind of like making you think like of the fact that like the fact that it exists people are getting off scot-free guys are legitimately fucking up and aren't feeling or taking or being made take full responsibility because the result of it was a mad woman and it's almost like a mad woman is a thing in itself like oh nobody likes a mad woman nobody likes a mad woman but it's like no step back this isn't a mad woman this is a person that you pissed off because you were shitty stop absolving yourself of blame that is amazing hats off hats off to Taylor you do such a good job of just t flipping the script you know you give a scenario and it's just it just it would make anyone think like Jesus that's not fair and um yeah hats off hats off and you know it's a it is and and and, and you know what like to tie it to tie that all in the very very last line the the last lines there's three sorry no one likes a mad woman what a shame she went mad you made her like that that kind of ties it all in that kind of you know confirms to me that I've picked up on the message you know at least I feel like I have so yeah okay so the next song is epiphany I don't know if I'm gonna have much to say about this I love the way it sounds it's really really beautiful you know she does a really good job at singing like vocally it's an amazing performance um I can give some guesses on on like it's it's not her perspective I do pick that up it is again her doing storytelling which she does so well I do have ideas you know you've your imagery in the first verse keep your helmet keep your life son just a flesh wound just a flesh wound here's your here's your rifle so it makes me think of war makes me think of a soldier then crawling up the beaches now sir I think he's bleeding out and some things you just can't speak about again 
same imagery. I'm feeling like this is a soldier. This is a soldier. Someone's been injured and um, there's, he's a subordinate. There's someone there who, you know, um, has authority over them. And that's who he's speaking to when he is sir, when he says sir. Then you have the chorus, with you I serve, with you I fall down. That again feels like it's directed towards this authoritative figure. But it, again, like because it's continuing on from that first verse, it, I'm thinking of war. I'm thinking of soldiers. And then you have something med school did not cover. Someone's daughter, someone's mother. Holds your hand through plastic now. Doc, I think she's crashing out. I'm not sure. Is this somebody else? I'm not sure. <laughs> Look, I, I don't mean to just be talking about how I don't get it. But I don't really... Uh, this is I think it's amazing and I don't I'm not criticizing the fact that I don't understand I think a song is for that person to write and write about whatever the fuck you want and whatever you're feeling and it doesn't need to be you know perfectly clear it doesn't um I think things being open for interpretation it's poetry so yeah I mean like I'm sure some people have absolute certain ideas about what it's about I don't and I'm fine with that because it sounds so amazing it's such a lovely listen it's such a kind of it's a beautiful melody like it really really is um it's a really enjoyable listen um it's a little bit toned down as well it's a little it's not very upbeat um so there's that but I think sometimes that's when Taylor's at her best to be honest I really do feel that way next song is Betty so I think we all love Betty we all love Betty Betty's amazing Betty is just such a throwback to her love story days you know you like the songs where it's like a fairy tale almost like she's telling the story of like and obviously look they've all been telling a story but this this is this this is slightly different it has that kind of like you like that kind of narrative taking you through it you know dialogue between a, a guy and a girl it's very um I think it's such a shout back to you belong with me, love story, story of us, you know, they're very, very like, um, they're just very old Taylor and Betty, Betty would fit right in among them five plus years ago. It's more than five now, isn't it? Jesus, I'm old now, but they, Betty would fit right in and it has that sound to it as well. Like it has that kind of country pop you know narrative storytelling love song um about high school you know she was great for them that was what she built her career on uh, I, that might be a bit of a shout but it was partly what she built her career on and you know is partly what a lot of people loved about her to begin with those those you know high school oh yeah 15 as well 15 a high school song about love very narrative, like, very descriptive, um, I, kind of almost her trademark, so I love that she put Betty in this, Betty is just very, Betty just really, really, you know, makes me think back to those songs, and, um, I think that, like, there isn't much to interpret because it's just such a storyteller, because it's so, you know, plainly narrated, like, you know exactly what's going on, it's, I do believe that, hmm, it could be from the perspective of a girl or a guy, but it is directed at a girl. And her name is Betty. And they had a 
they, you know, had a thing, they had a relationship, he or she loves Betty, and then they cheated on her over summer. And um, if, you know, that starts with you, that starts being alluded to with the line, you heard the rumours from Inez, you can't believe a word she says most times, but this time it was true. And the worst thing that I ever did was what I did to you. And it kind of gets um, elaborated on towards the end of the song when she sings from this person's perspective you know saying I was walking home on broken cobblestones just thinking of you when she pulled up like a figment of my worst intentions she said James oh yes so it says James here just a side note so we can assume that Taylor is telling the story of James but anyway I diverge so this girl pulls up she's the figment of his worst intentions she said James get in let's drive those days turned into nights slept next to her but I dreamt of you all summer long so this is the thing that James did that for the rest of the song he seems to be hoping she will forgive him for he seems to have cheated on Betty with this girl who pulled up in a car and said get in and they you know spent nights together so that seems to be the event that happened and the rest of the song is just this theoretical like question it's this question that he's posing to Betty like what would you do if I showed up at your party like would you let me talk to you would you tell me to go fuck myself you know would you trust me if I told you that it was just a summer thing and that I'm only 17 and I don't know anything but I know I miss you and that gets kind of repeated throughout the song and it's Again, it's, it's it's a little bit of a different perspective because, like, obviously I've said this is such a throwback to her high school love story songs, but it's coming from the guy's perspective this time. And it's an interesting one because usually when you have a story of, like, someone being cheated on, the love song isn't going to be from the perspective of that person. I think it's fair to say that's not really an expectation that you might have. So it's it's interesting that it's coming from this guy. He's the one who cheated on Betty, you know, but it's showing the pain that he feels and, you know, the regrets that he has and the hopes that she'll take him back. And for a lot of people, like, that's not even a concept that they will entertain. Like, once you cheat, it's over. But, like, obviously not for him. He's here, you know, thinking, I'm going to show up. I'm going to try to win her back. And there's it's kind of sung in a way as if it's like a kind of love story and it's romantic and you want them to be together but then you've that like double-edged sword or if that's the right way to describe it but because he cheated on her so for me it's like yeah I mean like the song is amazing it sounds great it's like Betty what would you do if I showed up and you know like would you kiss me or something like that you know what I mean would you would you have me and um would you lead me to the garden and it's very romantic and then it's like mm but you cheated on her, so a lot of people will just be like, no, she will tell you to go fuck yourself, and she should. Um, <laughs> so obviously that's a little bit of like a, a darkness to the song, I think. That's my own perspective on it. But yeah, amazing song, amazing listen, and I love how it just reminds me of all those past songs that um, we know her so well for. Okay, so the next song isn't my favourite song on the album, it's called Peace and um, it's this idea that would it be enough if I could never give you peace? And there's a 
few things that we can ponder as to what she means about this. Is is she telling the person she's with, I can never give you peace because of my lifestyle, because I am Taylor Swift, because, you know, shit happens, shit, hit the, shit hits the fan. You know, there's famous people feuds, you know, cough, cough, Kim Kardashian, cough, cough, Kanye West. And people hate me. A lot of people hate her. Do you know what I mean? Like drama follows really famous people. It always has. You always have paparazzi following you, trying to catch you slipping up. And um, a lot of people are very, just want to be unforgiving for everything anyone really famous does. And we know that. Cancel culture. Hello. So is it that idea? You know, because you've the lines in the first um, verse saying, as long as danger is near and it's just around the corner, darling, because it lives in me. No, I could never give you peace. So that's what kind of makes me feel like, does she just feel like she comes with that baggage of being who she is? I mean, like, she certainly does. I would only assume people like that do, especially if you weren't with someone who was of equal standing in the public eye. You would kind of feel like, okay, I do come with this fucking burden, like this little bit of baggage here. Like, I'm Taylor Swift. That might mean some good things for like for, for it might mean some good things but for a relationship it can mean some bad things so yeah that is she asking this question like would it be enough if i couldn't give you that piece would it be enough i like i particularly like the line that says family that i chose now that i see your brother as my brother is it enough i like that line just kind of stand alone i don't really have much to say about it Okay, so the next song is Hoax. I love Hoax. I really, really do. And it took me a while to realise that I loved it. I think, to be honest, because it's at the end, of the very end of the album. So, and because I always listen to it as an album from start to finish, I feel like possibly parts of those last few songs were lost on me the first few times. But I've obviously listened to it so many times since. I love Hoax. I love the idea. I love the I love the message. This idea that like you're the only hoax I believe in. I just I think the message I think like what she's saying in this song is so meaningful and it resonates with me. It's this idea that like if I'm gonna have any sadness, I want it to be you. So you can imagine it's a relationship, you know, you can imagine it's a love. It's maybe a toxic love. It's maybe an unhealthy love. It's a love that's making her more sad than it is happy. It's a love that's a lie. Maybe this person is lying to her. Maybe this person cannot deliver what she wants. Whatever amount of things. But at the end of it all, that's the hoax she wants. That's the hoax she wants to believe in. You know, your faithless love. The only hoax I believe in. I don't want no other shade of blue but you. No other sadness in the world would do. Those lyrics, when I finally really heard them, hit me like a train. I finally, I kind of really just picked up what she was saying. It's like, I don't want no other shade of blue than you. No other sadness in the world would do. It's, God, because if, if you've been in relationships, like, and even if you haven't, like, you can feel what sh- this person is feeling. Whoever, whoever's, whomever's story 
she's telling. Maybe it's hers, maybe it's someone else's, but you can feel it. It's this idea of like, I know you're not good for me, but if there's anything that is bad for me in this life, I want it to be you. You know, because there's a lot of things. It's like, it's, it's kind of like an acceptance, kind of like a resignation. Like she's resigning herself to this love. Like she's realized, like maybe it's just the idea of like she doesn't believe she could leave it. She's not strong enough. And it's an acceptance of what it is. Because, yeah, it's a hoax, but it's the only one they want to believe in. It's very, it's deep. It is deep. It really, really is. I want to talk about, I think you would call it a hook. I want to call about, talk about the kind of, it's towards the end of the song. starts with, you know I left a part of me back in New York. So I think this is her talking about herself. And, um... You know, you have the line, you knew you knew it still hurts underneath my scars from when they pulled me apart. Who was they? Was it the public? Was it when everyone was bullying her? Well, some might call it bullying, some might call it hate. Everyone was calling her a snake. She probably felt like everybody hated her. Is this what she's referring to? And then you have the line, you knew it still hurts. You knew it still hurts underneath my scars again from when they pulled me apart again it's the second time she says it so it obviously you know is important and then it's she says following that second time she says it the next line but what you did was just as dark darling this was just as hard as when they pulled me apart and um bravo like like because I understand what she's saying and there's so many ways you could have said it and to say it that way Especially within this song about like a self-admittance that this person's not good for you, but they're own they're the only not good thing that you want. This idea that like, you know what, you knew what happened to me, you knew what I had to go through, but let me just tell you what you did was just as bad. How you made me feel was just as bad. And then you have the lines, my only one, my kingdom come undone, my broken drum, you've beaten my heart that kind of speaks for itself. You know, you usually have my kingdom come. That you know, you 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 hear that on its own. But then my kingdom come undone. Very clever lyricism to depict a feeling and the relationship. So, I'm a big fan of this song. I think that it'll really really hit hard those days that like you just feel shit like. Okay, guys. So, I'm going to end it there. I know what some of you might be thinking. What about the lakes? It was the bonus track. But I'm looking at the time, the you know, the, the amount of time on, you know, my recorder. I've been talking for a long time. A long, long, long time. I'm a little bit, I'm itching to wrap it up just a little bit. So for the fact that it was only, it was a bonus track and it was released at a later date. Um, I'm going to take that as an excuse to end it here just because of how long this has been. But regardless, I've really, really enjoyed speaking about this album. I love Taylor. I particularly loved this album. I think it might be my favourite album of hers, although Red is very high up there. Um, and yeah, it was definitely one of my albums of the year. Do you know what I mean? It would probably be 
The only reason I'm saying it's not is because I think that Positions by Ariana Grande contests it quite a bit. I know a lot of people have said it's a little bit underwhelming. I, I disagree. <laughs> I think it's amazing. And anyone who thought it was underwhelming and is a huge fan of Ariana Grande, all I'm going to say is get a few more listens. Not because, you know, I think you're wrong, like everyone's open to their own opinion, but I, I kind of agreed with you. My first few listens, I was like, oh, maybe it is a little underwhelming. But I gave it a few more goes and I fell in love with all the songs. I read it all but one. So um, I really, really enjoy talking about this, guys. I hope, you know, for any fans who stumbled upon this, because I'm not a popular podcast, I, I, I've only just started out. But if you happen to stumble upon this one because of your love for folklore, I hope you enjoyed, you know, this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to me talk about it. <laughs>